doing, Doc? I need fuel. <laughs> Give me fuel, take a fly, ship me trace it out of Zion. Now, here are your hosts, John Eddie Jr. and Tom Tuttle. Welcome to a later edition of Fantasy Fuel. We are a day late, but probably not a dollar short. I'm not sure. But we are short one Tom Tuttle, so we welcome back the network. How you doing, network? Hey, hey, hey. Welcome, everybody. All right. Well, we're going to jump right into it because it is the middle of the week. So waivers have probably already ran. So we can't do much about that from here on out. So we're going to talk about the games that are coming up this weekend, starting with the Thursday night game, Indianapolis at Tennessee. I'm going to enjoy uh, watching the Titans on Thursday night, uh, but the Colts have been staying uh, with everybody, it seems. I mean, they've got a record of 5-3. and three. I'm not sure how because there's nothing like standing out on the Colts. So when you look at this game, it's 6-2 and two versus 5-3. and three. You're hoping for a very high-scoring game. And right now the over-under is 48.5, which is a decent amount. So out of all these Colts players that <laughs> were in and out of lineups, uh, we've got T.Y. Hilton, maybe he'll play, maybe not play. Zach Pascal gets in there if T.Y. Hilton doesn't. Jack Doyle's not going to play this week, so is it Mo Ellie Cox or is it Trey Burton? Is there anybody out there that you are looking forward to on the Thursday night Colts lineup? Um, From the Colts, I would like to see what Michael Pitt- Pittman had sure. to do. We talked early in the season about how I felt about Chase Claypool and Michael P- Pittman. Yep. I thought they were like the pre- the cream of the crop. So I want to see how he responds coming back from injury. But other than that, how does the offensive line going from being top five, maybe top three last year, to being unrecognizable? Right. What are they playing? Rugby? The offensive line looks horrible. Um, Phillip Rivers, is it? You go from Jacoby <laughs> Brissett to Phillip Rivers and you lose like half your O line. I, I don't even think it's injuries. What is, can you explain that to me? That's I, the problem. I have no explanation for the O-line for the Colts this year, um, but if they can get healthy and they already have that record of five and three, they will be a threat, you know, going towards the end of the season because they do have, uh, what, a three-headed uh, running attack if their O-line will allow them to actually run the ball. Because Jonathan Taylor started off hot, and he's been very mediocre the last few weeks. Jordan Wilkins has a good game, and then Niam Hines appears at the beginning season, and then like four games later, and then another four games later, whatever it is. He just, nothing is consistent with those running backs in Indianapolis right now, and it's hard to put anybody in the lineup and actually be confident so, yeah, I mean, we've got people in the chat saying, Jonathan Taylor, I've got him in three leagues. I don't know what to do with him. Um, obviously, if it's a dynasty, you know what you have to do with him. You hang on to him, but you might not be able to play him right now if you have some other option, especially when it's a Thursday game and you got to make that choice right away. That's the only thing about Thursday games. You know you're playing Derrick Henry. You know you're playing A.J. Brown. A lot of us are playing Corey Davis when it comes down to it now. He's been doing fairly well. And Ryan Tannehill is a more than competent starting quarterback. 
But yeah, those Colts, they are something <laughs> to be reckoned with because I can't put them in my lineup right now. I want to see what they do. You were talking about Michael Pittman. I want to see what he's got. But yeah, we we don't know. So unless you really can take that chance or you're in a super deep league, there's not many Colts I'm very uh, confident in going with this week. Um, we can move on. Uh, probably <laughs> a very interesting game. The first Sunday game we'll talk about is the Washington football team versus the Detroit Lions. A couple of teams that are just not able to do it this year. Um, I'm not even sure who is starting at quarterback for these teams right now. Uh, let me pop up both of their uh, news reports really quick. Uh, it was Kyle Allen last week, so it should be Alex Smith this week. Um, Allen undergo or is undergoing season-ending ankle surgery. I didn't see it. I heard, and it sounded the the announcer sounded like it was bad, uh, and it was better than they made it sound like. So right. hopefully he'll come back. Not that he's going to be a fantasy you know relevant quarterback, but it looks like Alex Smith for the rest of the year. And Alex Smith didn't look terrible. Um, he had a couple of nice deep throws, and Terry McLaurin his appears to be quarterback proof. Uh, he's, I'm not saying he's DeAndre Hopkins, but we all saw DeAndre Hopkins go through those just absolutely terrible run of quarterbacks. Um, what do you think about Alex Smith for the rest of the season? Um, it's interesting by default to injury. <clears throat> he was able to get um, the starting job to Alex Smith, and he's shown why he was a number one overall pick back in the day because – what he's able to do and how he understands the game, it wasn't pretty. I think he threw like three interceptions, but yeah. he's better than at least eight quarterbacks in the NFL today. And I, I say that um, um, convincingly. And I, if you want me to, I'll name all eight. <laughs> um, once he get his sea legs under him and that defense, I'd like Washington next year. Um, not necessarily as him as the starting quarterback, but he's going to play in this league some more. He's not done playing in this league. Um, Terry McLaurin, um, Antonio Gibson, um, Stephen Sims, I think his name is, mm -hmm. came back last week. I didn't see if he did anything. But other than Terry McLaurin, I don't see myself playing and Antonio Gibson, anybody else. If you're starving for a running back, J.D. McKissick. <laughs> if it's PPR. Nice floor. <laughs> yeah, if it's PPR, exactly. Yep, and then uh, on the other side of that ball, Matthew Stafford has just not been the quarterback I hoped he would be because we were getting him at a huge discount. I mean, huge discount in fantasy drafts, and I thought maybe he would come back as a top 10 type quarterback, you know, with Kenny Galladay, who didn't practice today, and he has been in and out of your lineups all year long, and you had to draft him pretty early. Uh, Marvin can I, Jones. Can I ask you something? Yeah. Has this crossed your mind? No. We're all about, like, the injuries. Like, um, injuries happen, right? It's yeah. a part of the game. But how people are coming back after injury and performing, A.J. Brown, um, mm -hmm. just to name somebody. Do you think people just said, screw it, flip it, COVID year, I'm not going to opt out because I want all my money. Yeah. But if I got a hangnail, and not this, this isn't just about Kenny Galladay. Right. 
But he changed the dynamic on the offensive side of the ball when he does play. He played well when he played, just like A.J. Brown. But a hip injury is kind of serious. And he's scheduled questionable and might play this week. So I don't, I don't know what that's about. But I, that crossed my mind about some of these players. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I we half talked about it before the season started. How would teams respond? How would players respond? Would they be full out when the season started? Would they be taking it normal? Would they take time off at the drop of a hat? And, you know, it doesn't sound out of the realm of possibilities that if there is something going on with the player, oh, my ankle hurts, uh, I better kind of push it to the front. Oh, trainer, trainer, my ankle, oh, man, it really, really hurts. And take a week off knowing, you know, that maybe you're playing a team that's had a bunch of uh, COVID, you know, reports. I, I don't know. It, it's hard to know what goes in uh, on inside the heads of these players uh, this season because right oh. <laughs> I forget how loud that is every time. Uh, <laughs> thank you for that follow. Thank you for the follow. <laughs> Uh, I should probably turn that down when I uh, remember, but I'll never remember, so it's going to scare me every time. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. Um, where was I? Oh, yeah, the players. We, we we don't know. I'm not a professional football player. I don't know how I you know, carry myself and act. I don't make millions of dollars. I don't have that mindset. I wish I did. Um, but, yeah, it, it's, it's going to be a year that we're going to look back on um, after some of these guys – playing careers are over maybe and be like hey why was there a down year in this year and then you look oh it was 2020 hmm. it was 2020 i wonder yeah. if he wasn't going full out you know for whatever reason but there might be a blip in uh, a few superstars careers that we can look back and be like hmm 2020 struck again and yeah. i mean yeah it is what it this is, is but there's a cycle of salary, you know, like in the NBA, if you get in when you're 18, your your potential earnings for your career goes up a mm-hmm. lot because of the you can cycle through contracts and get more contracts. The, the NFL is different because it's condensed. You might have a five year yeah. career. You can lengthen that by having a couple of knickknacks that might require surgery. Mm. You can go out there and, <laughs> and toughen it out. But in the 2020 year, that's not the long game isn't in a 2020 year like you said you can go out and get an injury yep um i guess we'll end off with that game um (laughs) talking about the running backs one more time because i had started to warm up to deandre swift and it seems like they've gone back to their two and a half three-headed monster whatever you want to call it adrian peterson still gets like the bulk of the carries and carry on johnson steals a couple of catches here and there and I, I still don't know what to think about those stupid Detroit running backs. I said it before the season started. If DeAndre Swift proves me wrong and Detroit proves me wrong, I will concede. But so far, Detroit is still not letting a single running back be their workhorse and, and let us know, like, hey, we've got our franchise running back for the next few years. No, I, you're still giving the ball to all day Adrian Peterson who rushed eight times for 29 yards like you can't get fantasy points out of that and then DeAndre Swift 13 times for 64 yards and he gets five catches okay he's back kind of it was an okay day but this week we will not know Washington has a good defensive line 
it may be just a bad game all around. <laughs> we will see. Um, speaking of bad games, we can talk about Philadelphia versus New York. Um, <laughs> Philadelphia looks okay. Uh, we have had an Alshon Jeffrey sighting. He practiced in full for the first time this week. Alshon Jeffrey <laughs> may get on the football field. And I don't know how to feel about it because all of a sudden we actually have wide receivers. Jalen Rieger came back. Travis Fulgham has been a godsend. It, what are we going to do if Alshon Jeffrey now steps on the field? Is Carson Wentz going to feel like he has to force the ball to him? I mean, we still don't have Zach Ertz back. Dallas Goddard didn't look very good in his first game uh, before the bye week came again. Hopefully another couple of weeks rest, Dallas Goddard will be the man. I mean, as an Eagles fan overall, it's good to have weapons. But what do you do in fantasy football when now all of a sudden there's options? I mean, do you think maybe Alshon Jeffrey is worth a pickup this week? Because he's probably on a lot of waiver wires. He's been sitting on my bench in IR for the last couple of weeks. I want to see it first. Um, and it's one of those things where Carson Wentz is holding her to the ball way too long. Yes. I don't look at Alshon Jeffrey as a deep threat. More of a short route, possession, move the ch- sticks kind of guy. But he can open some things up because the problem with them, you, you see there's production here with Fogum, with Ward. Hopefully Goddard gets in there. Right. And then tears it up. But having some options and some people you have to guard isn't going to stop the pass rush. So um, I'm playing Goddard this week. I'm in a, a bind. I think um, somebody I really loved who haven't showed up, um, Hearst, is on a bye. Oh, so okay. I've been storing Goddard for this day. <laughs> and don't look at the projections. Just look at, like, he's hungry. There's Alshon Jeffrey. There's Jalen Rigger. Is that going to muck stuff up? I don't think so as far as, like, with Goddard. And Alshon Jeffrey. Will he target Alshon? I don't know. But Alshon is blocking as well. So it would be interesting. If they can't get it right now with the cast that they have, I don't think it's going to get done. Yeah, I mean, it says Jeffrey's going to return on a limited snap count. So that should tell you at least not to play him for this week. Uh, But it will be nice because he ran uh, precise routes that not a lot of receivers can run and catch the ball and do this box out that's not in the red zone. That's what Alshon Jeffrey would do. These sideline catches that he would make over the shoulder, over guy, because Wentz had superior confidence in him in those exact routes. So if we can get somebody to do that, they'll have to pay attention to those sideline routes. You move that safety over to the actual sideline, and then that opens up the field for Dallas Goddard. So if I had to play one person this week against the Giants, it would be Dallas Goddard. As far as the Giants go, um, maybe Evan Ingram. Uh, There is not a lot that I am very uh, excited about uh, when it comes to the New York Giants. Sterling Shepard has been fine when he's on the field. Uh, It's been the Wayne Gallman and Alfred Morris show Whoop-dee-doo. I mean, if you have to play a running back, I guess flip a coin between the two because Alfred Morris actually had a decent average, but Wayne Gallman will probably end up getting the touchdowns. Uh, Other than that, the Giants did pick up Dante Pettis after he was released by the 49ers. Not that that means anything, but the 
New York Giants do have a new wide receiver. I don't know if they're going to try and use him at all, but it will be interesting to watch, you know, because it's weird. The Giants have made a lot of pickups of wide receivers that were just kind of cast aside, and they haven't made anything of any of them. You know, Corey Coleman, guys like that. It's like, okay, you picked him up, but you didn't really work him into your lineup at all, so... I'm not too hopeful with Dante Pettis. Corey Coleman to start in the offseason, I think, got injured. I was yes. like, excited to see what he can do. But with Dante Pettis, from a team that's starving for four wide receivers and skill <laughs> players, cuts dropped, them. Yes. <laughs> and the Giants pick him up. Um, uh, uh, what does that say about the players on your roster? Yeah. That, 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 uh, that's what um, I said last week. I was like, you guys need wide receivers. And you dropped him. Now, it sounded like he was not getting along with the coaches or something, or he wasn't putting in full efforts while he was in San Francisco. So I understand that. Maybe he just needed a change of scenery. I don't know. I wouldn't put money on it, but I'm going to keep an eye on him. Hey, hey, it is what it is. It's um, a league that maybe the Giants at one point wanted to draft him. And he yeah, just that could be. Far enough for him. That could so be. maybe there's some kind of connection in the front office with the personnel. And you're right. Sometimes a change of scenery is something because we've seen him have flashes of being special. Um, that defense, that offense, Danny Dimes was somebody I thought I was picking up there, just like Max Stafford and was going to win me some leagues. Nope. No. Say no way, Jose. That gas tank is on empty. That backfield, that offense, it's horrible to watch. It's, um, I, I was I'll right play. there with you with Daniel Jones, too. I mean, I thought I didn't think the Giants were going to be good, but I thought Daniel Jones was going to get fantasy points at least yeah. and yeah. he can't even do that i mean he is four and oh against the washington football team in his career and he has one win against the rest of the team so i guess you can put him in against the washington football team and that's it yeah well it, it, we got a couple of questions in chat as well but um i'll play sterling shepherds i think he should be producing something for a floor or a flex and last week i sat ingram in multiple leagues and mm. it burned me because I, <laughs> I wish I could have got that points. I played people like Dan Arnold, yeah. Logan Thomas, over Evan Ingram, just wanting something. So, man, oh, that's so sad. Can't trust him, but I can't afford to sit him again. Right. All right. Uh, before we move on, we'll address a couple of the questions. Um, one I see is Mixon or Jacob's rest of schedule. Um, I would love to trust Joe Mixon. But he wasn't really doing it. He had, like, what, two, like, good games. And then everything else has been kind of meh for a late first, early second round draft pick. He's not getting you the points. And then Giovanni came in and actually did fairly well without him in there. And so Monday, uh, Mixon didn't practice. Right. If I'm, if yep. I'm not mistaken, I think Mixon did not practice Monday. Let me look. I know I heard he didn't practice at some point. Let me see what the actual diagnosis is. Joe Mixon and his foot was limited at Wednesday's practice. Uh, It's not a great sign because they just came off a bye. So if he's not ready and healthy, it's it's not good. He's missed two games in the last three weeks with a foot injury. Yep. You're, you're leaning more Jacobs in that question rest of the season? I was getting there. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I was never a huge Jacobs fan. I know he gets the volume, and that's how I've always um, 
viewed him as a more of a volume type guy. And he was outrushed 68 to 65 by Devonte Booker, who only saw eight carries. And that's the kind of juice that the Raiders need on offense out of that running game. It'll help Derek Carr open up some of the passing game because you need time to get it to guys, you know, like rugs. You, you can't just whip it out there to him because he, he needs to run past some people. And, and Hunter Renfro just, I don't know, he doesn't completely command any respect out there right now. Every once in a while, boom, he'll get a 40-yard catch. But that's all he does all game. And Darren Waller is just Darren Waller. He's going to get a bunch of catches and rarely score a touchdown. But I think he's been okay this year in touchdowns. So, you know, I'll, I'll back off my Darren Waller hate for a minute. But it's a down year. <laughs> it is. So he, he's getting a pass for some other reason. Um, the drawback to bringing Booker in, the Raiders need it. Like, they can't just pound Josh Jacobs into the ground uh, without like, rugs invisible. Right. Um, Brian Edwards, invisible. Um, until they start becoming more of a cohesive unit, Jacobs is going to face eight-man boxes. Yeah, He had success early in the season because they had a possibility of um, um, spreading you out. But once people started getting injured and the defenses that the Raiders are facing are being like, okay, we're going to take down what you like, take away what you like, beat us the other way, and, and they're not. And that was how the Patriots won one of their few games this year. Uh, they just took away Darren Waller from the Raiders, and that's all it needed. Um, so now, this last week, Darren Waller only had five catches for 22 yards, but he did get in the end zone. So he was worthy yeah. of a tight end play. But half the time, you know, it's a bunch of catches, and the other time it's a touchdown. So he's fine. He's one of the few at least consistently scoring tight ends in the league this year. But it's not been great. What you got to watch out for with Jacobs is now D Carr is running. Did you see <laughs> Fantasy Feud just mission? Booker is running. So that means good things for the Raiders. It and does. he is still young. And John Gruden is not stupid. I would lean Jacobs, but I can see a lot more splits coming up. And Brian Edwards is getting more health healthy. There is still Jalen Richard. Yep. And if you looked at... This time of the year, I looked at the Raiders and thought they would be 5-3 and three right now. Second behind Kansas City, they're all about just win, baby. It, it's it's going to be a close one because I think if Joe Mixon were healthy, I'd go Joe Mixon. But Joe Mixon isn't healthy, and he's still only getting in limited practices in the middle of a week after a bye week. That doesn't look good either. So, I mean, for safety purposes, I'd lean Jacobs. But if you had an extra running back and you didn't need to play either one of those, which would be a miracle, if you didn't need to play him, I'd rather stash Mixon than stash Jacobs because I know Mixon has at least the potential. <laughs> hold up, hold up, hold up. Who what, what, stashing <laughs> Jacobs and Mixon this time of the year? I said it probably wasn't likely, but, you know, maybe they got lucky and got a James Robinson or, you know, something like that. And, okay. you know, they don't have to play the two running backs and they don't have a flex. You know, there's a situation out there for everything. So if somehow you were lucky enough where you don't need to play either one of those guys, that's how we would view it. But if you got to play one, you got to keep Jacobs because you can't put Mixon in the lineup yet. So, 
True. Unfortunately, true. it's as simple as is he hurt? No. Okay, put him in the lineup, and that's as far as we can go. Uh, moving along to Tampa Bay and Carolina. Well, we got Christian McCaffrey back, and just as soon as we got him back, he's not probably going to play this week again because he hurt his shoulder. He looked good. He scored me a bunch of points in the one league I got him in. Thankfully, that league I have Mike Davis, so it's not a huge loss, but Mike Davis wasn't exactly amazing the last couple of weeks either. So... In order for the Panthers to keep up with the Buccaneers, which this game has a 50.5 over-under, they expect a lot of points to be scored. I would expect, even if Christian McCaffrey doesn't play, that Mike Davis will get a decent amount of fantasy points. But these teams are weird because the Buccaneers, they, they don't come with it every week. And I don't know what that's about. Like, they only scored what? like 19 points or something against the bears and lost by a point. And then they completely just crush the Packers and then get walloped on by the Saints. What is going on with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? I, I don't, I don't want to do it, but we, we, we kind of, we kind of got to. And now it's time for twat this week's Antonio troubles. Could it be that Antonio Brown is making a rift already on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, he came in, he got a catch right away and got like three catches, but they looked like ass. And is it his fault? Uh, I'm going to keep playing a bit until it goes away. What do you think about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers after inserting AB into the lineup? Well, it's kind of like one of those teams that kind of got somebody's number I mean, Mike Evans hasn't been Mike Evans, and it could be that COVID 2020 thing, but I don't mm-hmm. think so with him. Maybe he lost a step, but Marshawn Lattimore is able to shut him down in the last four matches. Yes. So just just, just bring, resurrect Deion Sanders, put him <laughs> on one side of the field, and cut the field in half, pretty much. Right. And then it comes really easy to pin your ears back and play defense, and you've seen it. And then Drew Brees, you know, they, they don't put a lot, much talk or too much talk into the fact that they're tied for all-time touchdowns. Drew Brees took that some motivation in that. He has Michael Thomas back. He has weapons. He says, oh, he looks across on the other side of that field. So oh, you got weapons too? Let me, <laughs> let me show you how this done, young man. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I think um, the road to the Super Bowl in Drew Brees' mind is through Tampa Bay. And getting an advantage on any way they can is probably what they really need to do this year right now. So I think if the Tampa Bay goes up against anybody other than them, you won't see something quite like that. It's too early. It's such a small sample size before you say A.B. is A.B. fault. He outsnapped a lot of people. He didn't do much. But I don't see – I didn't watch the game. I'll have to see what he is like there. But sincerely watching him in front of Camry, he and in front of the camera before and after game – He's worried about that that wallet. <laughs> I don't think he's sincere, but he was like, hold up. Like I said, that window of your career of how much money you can make over a short time, he's right. on a player-friendly deal. He's going to say and do all the right things if he's not the AB of old. Right. Maybe COVID opened his eyes. Maybe he did a lot of videos. Maybe he spent a lot of money. <laughs> we don't know. But he's going to fix it and get it right, I think. Well, 
Uh, you brought up Drew Brees, and I've got an interesting stat that uh, I think everybody will appreciate. Uh, right now, Drew Brees in this season currently has a 74% completion rate. That's really good. Uh, that would put him third all-time behind 2018 Drew Brees, 2019 Drew Brees, and just ahead of 2017 Drew Brees, and four spots ahead of 2011 Drew Brees. So Drew Brees is still Drew Brees. Um, they might be scoring more on the ground, you know, here and there, but Drew Brees, it doesn't matter who's on the field with him. He is going to be one of the most accurate quarterbacks of all time when I, everything is said and done, and I know he wants to get another Super Bowl before he leaves. So yep. he's going to do everything he can. Um, Michael Thomas getting back on the field, I'm sure, gives him a little boost of uh, yep. confidence and energy. And Emmanuel Sanders is going to benefit from that. I mean, the Saints if, look if, like they're going to be good from here on out. If the Saints win it, it would put, put like a cherry on 2020 because last time they won it, <laughs> what was it, Katrina, right? Yes, it was Katrina. So, yeah, there you go. Maybe that's what we're looking at. But the Bucks are not playing the Saints again this week, thankfully for them, because I don't think they want to deal with that again. They are playing the Panthers. We talked about Christian McCaffrey. But they've actually, Teddy Bridgewater has been a very good quarterback this year. Um, I did not put much stock in him. I thought he was going to be more of a game manager. But he has made both Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore fantasy-relevant and that's awesome. Um, I almost traded for Robbie Anderson this week, um, but it was a contract and salary league, so I ended up with Will Fuller instead of Robbie Anderson. We'll see how that plays out. I probably could have had either one of them, but I'll I'll see. Uh, I like Will Fuller. I've always liked Will Fuller. I had no shares of Will Fuller, and that's probably why he stayed healthy up to this point. And now that I own a share of Will Fuller, he'll probably get hurt this week. So just a warning out there to everybody. Will Fuller may be going down because I finally have a share of him this season. <laughs> All right, let's move along to what could be an absolute blowout. The spread on this game is 13 Packers over the Jaguars. Um, I mean, Jake Luton actually didn't look too bad last week, but they're still not a great football team. But fantasy-wise, I think DJ Chark may see uh, a resurrection of some sort. So if you drafted him high and have been somewhat not confident in him, I think he is good to go again. I haven't heard anything you know, negative about him and he just needs somebody to, to focus on him and when you got a, a guy like Luton who um isn't exactly a superstar quarterback he's going to just like all right that's a guy uh he's good I'm gonna keep throwing it his way he had 12 targets DJ Chark did caught seven of them 146 yards and a touchdown that's the DJ Chark I know you were looking for earlier in the season and he didn't quite make it so maybe this is the DJ Chark coming out party and he's gonna carry you to the fantasy playoffs um you got anything on the Jaguars besides that it, it, for a moment there with Garner Minshew it was a three-headed monster LaVisha Chanel um Keenan Cole, is, Cole I think has a higher ranking full season than DJ Shark. <laughs> so 
on a lot of teams, I have like DJ Shark and Keenan Cole, or I have Keenan Cole and uh, LaVisha Chanel, or I have Keenan Cole. It's a combination <laughs> of two, and it's like pick your poison every week. I think I'm going to drop from LaVisha Chanel for this year because of a rookie quarterback and a rookie wide receiver. Just quite don't mix in my psyche. So I'm going to be in a toss-up of trying to determine who weak is it out of Keenan Cole, who is not getting enough respect for what he's done this season. Right. And our DJ Shark, who hasn't done it yet. Yep, that is a very good point. Um, I, I think it's finally going to be DJ Shark time. Uh Based simply on one game, I know that shouldn't be, but Jake Luton found him. He likes him. I think he's going to keep going back to him. That's Jake Luton's road to becoming an actual NFL starting quarterback, maybe if he looks good for the rest of the season. So hopefully he'll just kind of like rely on one guy. And, of course, you're playing James Robinson. He's He was probably the uh, fantasy darling of the year. He, he the sleeper that nobody knew about and all the talks in preseason of all those different running backs and one of them on the COVID list and one of them gets hurt and then he just kind of slips in there. So if you got him, good job. Um, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, Armstead is still in the hospital or been dealing with, he's been hospitalized twice since getting COVID. Yeah. And I still believe... to this day is not healthy. Uh, Divina Zigbo just um, got reactivated a couple of weeks ago. Um, Chris Thompson went on the reserve COVID list. I'm trying to look. Okay. Uh, Schefter reported Reichel Armstead will miss the remainder of 2020 with COVID-19 problems. He, yes, it landed him in the hospital twice. Ruling him out this far in advance is ominous and a reminder of how the virus can affect even the best of athletes. So yeah, he was placed on the list on August 2nd. So that is, man, that is, that's not a good thing. Uh, hopefully he can just, you know, get better and put it behind him and next year have a chance to compete again. But uh, that's a scary situation. And just, just yeah, There's so many running backs in Jacksonville are, man, and if you got James Robinson, you got the pick of the litter, and hopefully <laughs> you're in the playoff hunt. Um, and they're going against Green Bay. And what do we got to say about Green Bay other than um, Devontae Adams? Uh, Devontae Adams? More Devontae Adams. I mean, I, I watched the last Packer game with friend of the show, Joe, and we both have Devontae Adams in a couple of leagues, and we were just like, throw it. Is it Devontae? Yep, it's Devontae again. How many? I don't even know how many targets he had this last week. Uh, let me get to my, cause of course he was the number one wide receiver again for this last week, just outscoring Tyreek Hill. He had 12 targets in this game. He had 11 targets the previous game, 16, the game before that, 10, the game before that and 17 in week one. And then he was either out or missed, uh, most of a game. So every game that Devonte Adams has played, he has had double digit targets and in three of those Five games, he had double-digit receptions. That's just insane. I mean, the guy is real close to being the number one ride receiver on the season, and he's missed three games and had his bye week already. That's nuts. And uh, he's the reason why my team that shouldn't have been (laughs) a winning team in our flag league, he's one of the reasons why I'm actually doing well. So... 
Yeah, um, I guess we have to talk about those running backs for Green Bay, too, because that has been uh, a carousel. Uh, Jamal Williams uh, was activated from the reserve COVID list. Uh, He was in close contact with A.J. Dillon. That's why they were all out last week. So I guess um, I, I would like to play Jamal Williams because he seems to be targeted a lot by... Uh, Aaron Rodgers, even if Aaron Jones is healthy, Jamal Williams still has a little bit of value. And then when we've got some more bye weeks coming through here, he could be a decent replacement as long as he gets back on the field. Oh, I was a little worried after last week, but he's he's going to be the 1B role again and probably worth a good flex play against the Jaguars because I'm sure they're not going to want to run Aaron Jones into the ground. So I'm you covered okay. It. I'm okay with Jamal yeah. Williams this week. Yeah, um, you covered it there. I was going to say I think we re- each reached the territory of being able to play Aaron Jones and Williams. Yeah. Um, in the same week, For and they sure. shown they would try to like to balance that load out a little bit better because they're dangerous with both of them. So I would say fire up those guys. How about how do you feel about um Alan Lazard? Man, I liked Lazard. I think I still have him stashed on an IR in one league because I just couldn't I couldn't bear to give him up because he was starting to look like that number two wide receiver for uh, Aaron Rodgers. But right now, I, I think there's just enough wide receivers out there that there's no reason to put him into your lineup this week, especially against a, a team like the Jaguars who they'll probably just they'll run away from. So he probably won't play a ton if he does get back out there. Well, he'll score more points than a Calvin Ridley this week. <laughs> more than likely, uh, yeah, because the Falcons are on by. So unless you're in a league like uh, our flag league where you can get negative points for a penalty, I think you'll be all right in that regard. <laughs> and I, I must say this, that's if he plays this week. Yes, if he plays this week. <laughs> Um, so a game I'm super interested in because I just traded for Will Fuller, the Houston Texans versus the Cleveland Browns. Uh, that's got an over under of 49 and a half. So they're thinking there's going to be some decent scoring in this game and the Browns are still the Browns. I don't care what anybody says. They are a Jekyll and Hyde team. And I would not be surprised if the Houston Texans pulled this one off. Uh, Nick Chubb is getting closer to a return let me see what the absolute latest news on him is um i only have him in one league and i think i'm already out of that league so you know i'm not too worried about it but uh uh, they expect to know his status friday uh he practiced wednesday for the first time since going on ir and he's been targeting a return coming off of cleveland's bye so he's missed five games, and he looks on track to return Sunday. But, again, I don't know that I would completely trust it this week. Um, Kareem Hunt has been fine, but Dearness Johnson, who we thought maybe would be okay, he was nothing. So um, hopefully Nick Chubb comes back for all you Nick Chubb owners. I know you're dying for him to get back in the lineup because – he has been amazing in the games that he did play. Um, as far as the Texans go, it, they've got a lot of options. I mean, there, there are uh, the wide receivers I didn't think were going to be as consistent as they were, especially 
when the Texans are what two and six? Like, how did they get to two and six and have a decent amount of guys that are scoring points? Now, David Johnson is probably not going to play this week, and that sucks. Not that he's been an amazing fantasy uh, player this year, but he's at least been consistent enough until he got hurt this last week to at least justify putting him in the lineup. Um, What do you think about the wide receivers for Houston right now? Um, I'm liking um, the possibility of uh, Brandon uh, Brandon Cooks. Yeah, uh, Cooks having a good game. Um, Will Fuller having a good game. They're coming off um, a disappointing week. They don't have possibly David Johnson playing, and having Duke Johnson and more of a receiving back. He looked good though in the film that I've seen of Duke Johnson. How about that guy? And it's a revenge game, <laughs> right? Um, I think. Um, I don't, I don't know. I think David Johnson is going to play, and Deshaun Watson is going to want to come out there and prove. Are they still in the runnings for a position? Um, thank you guys yeah. for your questions in chat. We will get to those. We're going to run through the teams, and I've been keeping a mark of those. Um, thank you, guys. Uh, yeah, we can take a break and answer a couple of questions here. I didn't realize there was much in the chat. I was going to town on the stats in front of my face. Sorry about that. Uh, let's see. What do you MVP, think? MVP, Adams or Rodgers was the, when we were talking about the Giants, that was X. I said that, I typed in chat, I was like, I lean more Wilson and definitely uh, Rodgers over Adams because Adams missed games. Yeah, it's hard to put Adams over Rodgers just because of that. But if Adams weren't on the field, what would Rodgers be? Uh that I think he played well. He did. He played well in the games Adams did not play. That's true. Except That's against true. the Niners, one well, game I think. I'm not sure. You know, um, right now MVP, it's getting a little mucky uh, because Russell Wilson was the front runner for a little bit, in my opinion, uh, and Josh Allen was right behind him, and then he had a couple of iffy games, and then Josh Allen this last week just completely went bonkers over Russell Wilson, and that was amazing to see because a lot of those naysayers for Josh Allen were like, well, he can't win against a good team. Well, guess what? He won against the Seahawks, and they're a pretty damn good team. So as far as MVP voting goes, it would probably revert back to Patrick Mahomes just because that's how they do things. Yep, that's what Rick said. He's betting Patrick Mahomes still in chat. Thank you, NBA Rigged. And there was another question more um, about Baker. Oh, Baker needs Chubb. That's what I saw out there. Yeah, you're not wrong. And that's probably why I'm still, I have that, the Browns are the Browns in my head. Because without Chubb, they haven't been the same team where they were able to run all over somebody. They need to be able to run all over somebody. And now, no OBJ. What's on? Yep. It's Jarvis Landry. I love Jarvis Landry. He can make some hella good catches, but they don't have that threat. And Austin Hooper's been banged up. So I, I Bryant. Yeah, it, it's you know. I think I said his name right. Harrison yeah. Bryant. And then, and then with Harrison Bryant, even with with Chuck back, they can use Hunt to his full full capacity because they can put him out in um, the slot. Um, he can. Um, uh, give um, some some high power um, win to Chubbs and be like a one two punch. Not that 
um, Hunt doesn't have the capability of being an every down back, but when he has somebody complimenting him, he's so much right. more dangerous. Exactly. It's almost as if Hunt shouldn't be the guy, and I don't know why that is because he's been capable when he was in Kansas City before he got into trouble. He looked amazing. Mahomes and Baker are two different beasts. That is true. Think about that, which you <laughs> that just is, said for a moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does kind of come down to, oh, wait, I have one of the best quarterbacks of uh, the last couple of years versus... Mm. Hunt becomes... Uh, I mean, um, Chubb becomes Hunt's Mahomes. You, yep. you get that, like, that pecking order, somebody that sure. can take... And, and damage the defense before you get the ball. And it becomes a little bit more um, vision-paced. Um, the game slows down for you when you're going up because a team that's winded because they've been tackling Chubb for the last seven plays. Yeah. It changes <laughs> the dynamics of the game. It sure does. We play to win the game. <laughs> oh, boy, here we go. I think we caught up. I think we got some um, some Balazs questions that we're not answering until the end. <laughs> we're not talking Balazs until the end, you guys. All right. Uh, let's move on to, oh, uh, let's move on to, well, I mean, you kind of segued into it. We didn't want to talk about Kalen Balage, but the next game <laughs> there we is go. the Chargers and the Dolphins. <laughs> so guess what? You're going to have to talk about Kalen Balage now because he finally ended up on a team that put him on the field and... I don't know. Uh, the question was Kalen Village or Wayne Gallman, and my goodness. And when it's the time of the year that we're asking questions like that, and we got to analyze Kalen Village, who's been on what, like four teams this year? I don't know. He's like picked up and dropped and picked up and dropped. And the Chargers just cannot keep a running back as their lead back. And I don't know what to think of him. I, I'm going to let you go with Kalen Balage first. What do you think about him? Because I know you're salty already about Justin Jackson. I'm, I'm extremely salty about <laughs> Justin Jackson, but it, what it does show us is who Josh Kelly is. Yes. You know, I, some of us in fantasy football land has been waiting for Kelly to take over this job. That was obvious that that will never happen. He's a goal linebacker. Um, maybe he's in the team doghouse. He did okay. But for Balazs to come in, I think Balazs had one game like this in Miami. We yeah. came out, he used his side, he looked at Spry. But at the same time, Gallman looked nice on the carries I've seen him have. But you want the team that's putting up points and not turning the ball over. So I hate to kind of lean Balazs. Um, but <laughs> if Justin Jackson is healthy and can play past three snaps, Kelly is not going nowhere. Um, this backfield is going to stay mucked up until Eckler come back, and we don't even know what he will be when he get there. One thing we do know, the Chargers are going to play a greedy game. They're going to score some points. They're going to lose by two. <laughs> that That's how the Chargers are this year. I feel so bad for Justin Herbert because he's looked great as a rookie, and nobody thought that Justin Herbert would be that guy. He, he reminds me of the Josh Allen. Like, he's in there. He's scoring a bunch of fantasy points, but his team is losing. But if you look closer, they're actually not that far off. And what do we got with the Buffalo Bills now? We got Josh Allen in talking about MVP race. 
uh, is Justin Herbert going to be a guy like that in the next year or two? Are we going to talk about Justin Herbert if he still has guys like Keenan Allen and Mike Williams and Hunter Henry if they can all gel on offense and get a running back going? All right, I see you. What do you got? What do you got? Do you remember the spat between, was it Mike Evans and Keenan Allen in the preseason? Or do it was it Mike Thomas? Who was the one talking about, I'm a better wide receiver than you, Keenan Ooh. Allen? Was that I think Mike that was, Evans? I think, no, I think that was Michael Thomas. I think it was. That's I'm, We will have to figure that one out yes. because this is a slap in the freaking face. Shout out to HBO Hard Knocks. <laughs> we got, the, got an insight on Keenan Allen's shoulder. And you get him somebody that's going to sling him up. It don't matter who his quarterback is. Team Keenan Allen. Let's go. All right. Um, go back to that last question. Uh, Wayne Gallman in his last three games, he hasn't touched the ball a ton. It's been right around 13 to 15 touches a game, but he's had uh, five catches in one of those games to go along with 30 yards and a touchdown. Then he had... 40 yards and a touchdown, and he's had 60 yards and a touchdown in the last three games. So as far as consistency goes, Gallman might actually be the play because we've seen a lot out of both of these guys. And Wayne Gallman has produced in the past when Saquon's gone out before. Kalen Balazs, what has he done? Kalen Balazs. We, we've been making fun of Kalen Balazs because he could never crack it in Miami when they didn't have a running back. So why is he going to crack it here? Well, he did one week, but I'm not looking forward to too many other Kalen Balazs weeks. Well, yeah, uh, they're going to score some points. If we <laughs> see it again and be like, Kalen Balazs is now a thing. What does that say about the Jets? That says, well, we don't even need to talk about the Jets because we all know who the Jets are. It's just that they're sad this week, but Joe Flacco actually came in, and I think I haven't uh, confirmed it. Let me see if I can confirm something really quick. I think Adam Gase may have finally completely given up play calling. Um, I'm not seeing anything right off the top here, but if he did, that may have been what put the Jets in at least scoring mode. They had a chance against the Patriots last week, and that would have been great if they could have pulled off one win against the Patriots. Jets fans would be like, fine, the season's great. We beat the Patriots once, lose the rest of the games, give us the number one pick, and we're happy. But they couldn't even do that. Right, right. Bam has a question in chess. Who would you rather have at Flex, Cooks or Gibson? I thought that was a good question. Ooh, uh, or. Brandon Cooks or Antonio Gibson? I think, man, this week is probably got to be Gibson. Um, he's the sole, like, he, he gets the Washington offense going. And with Alex Smith not really even starting a game yet, um, it, it's going to be interesting because Alex Smith, he kind of needs a running game to get going but when he can get going, he also opens up the running game. So I, I like Antonio Gibson with Alex Smith. Um, and Brandon Cooks is, you know, he has his good games. Let me bring up uh, Brandon Cooks uh, again because I think he's been fairly consistent the last few weeks. Where are we at? Brandon Cooks. So for the last four weeks... 
he's been fairly consistent. Eight, nine, seven, and only three catches this last week. But in three of those four games, he scored a touchdown. So it's making it harder for me to uh, decide between those twos. Usually, um, it's easy. You usually go with the running back when you have that question because yeah. they have more opportunities. Um, so that's probably pay where that I'd man play. his money. Ah, thank you. Yeah, thank you for, for those, those bitties. Bitties. <laughs> All right. You know one thing that that's a good flex question. A problem to have. I tell you that. Yeah, it is a very good flex problem to have. So um, here's another one: uh, Herbert versus Tua. Yeah, that's that's the game that we were on. Herbert versus Tua. I haven't seen enough out of Tua yet. Herbert's looking great. Who will have more fantasy points this week? I would hands down say Herbert's going to have more fantasy points. But the Dolphins' defense has been looking good. I think they're the top scoring um, defense in they the league right now. They were second last week, I think. Were they? Okay. So they, I don't know. I can't remember if they scored. They were second or first. You might be right. But they was top two. Um, with with the Chargers, I think that Herbert might be the higher scoring fantasy mm-hmm. um, player out of the two. But I think Miami wins this game. Well, Miami is 12-2 and two against the spread in its last 14 games versus AFC teams following uh, an ATS win, whatever that is. I just thought that was a very random stat to throw out there. Um, yeah, was... I, I just I just want them to beat the Chargers because I'm a Raiders. Of course, of course. <laughs> I had to yeah, throw that in Please know. beat we the Chargers. Give us a little bit more space over here. But I think I don't know how that works. If the Dolphins have a better record than the Raiders, in I don't know who gets in. I think don't we have two more teams getting the playoff this year or is that next year? Uh, one from each side. Um, that's how it'll work. Teams. So it's right. seven. Um, oh, it's looking good. Uh, yeah, I just want to throw this out here. I just got a alert that Antonio Gibson was held out of practice today. I don't know what that's about. Let me see if I can find a little bit more info on that okay. one. Okay, check uh, that out. I'll, I'll jump on the next question. Um, we're gonna we got breaking news while we're live right now. Antonio Gibson was held out of practice, and um, John Eddie Jr. is going to find out if he can get some more information. Thank you guys for your guys' questions. I'm projected to lose this week, and I might not have Kenny. Kenny G, baby. Do you think someone like Rieger or Lazard has boom potential? One thing you don't, don't want to come up, I can't, um, you don't want to become a slave or a victim to <laughs> projections. And having somebody else is not playing into that. Um, but Rieger or Lazard, Lazard is coming off injury. Rieger is getting uh, Goddard and Alshon Jeffrey back. I think um, the most boom potential is Rieger, just because Lazar had a core injury that came out of nowhere and had surgery. So I think mentally um, it might take Lazar a little bit more to come back from something like that. I think it was like a hernia or something. Uh, We'll get somebody to get some eat. It it never came out. I never, it was a core (laughs) injury that required instant surgery. I've never seen that before. No information on that. Rieger had a ligament broken in his thumb, if I'm not mistaken, and he came back super fast and produced. He did. So you got to take that in consideration. Um, Yeah. Uh, As far as Antonio Gibson, uh, he only played 46% of the team's snaps last week. So there may have been something going on already. Uh, McKissick played 83% of snaps. So McKissick could be a sneaky start this week if Gibson has something going on. Uh, Gibson 
also only has one third down touch all season. So McKissick is clearly the passing back in that offense. And Alex Smith does like to throw to the running back. So uh, he's had some guys that you could rely on. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of who was it? Was it Chris? It was Chris Thompson and Alex Smith's first year with the Washington football team that had a ton of catches. So J.D. McKissick could be a very big benefactor to Alex Smith being in the lineup. Um, it, Where I, the heck is Bryce Love? Sorry, <laughs> I, I, that just spilled out. That just spilled out. Uh, yeah, I I have not heard anything about Don't Bryce look that Love. up. I don't want to know. Yeah, it's too don't far down up. the rabbit hole. I can't find nothing. <laughs> but it, it's a, just as a new injury for Gibson, and it doesn't say what. It's weird. Um, I don't know. I'm looking up. No, no, that's not going to happen. Um, <laughs> let's go. Uh, was there another question? Do you think uh, we have a couple? But let's let's coop forward because okay. I'm getting called out by all NBA. Right, all right. Right. <laughs> oh man, what's going on? I got NBA? you. We, we we good. We good. <laughs> all right. Uh, the next game on our list is another good one. Uh, we've got both of these guys. I believe have beat Russell Wilson this year. Josh Allen and Kyler Murray, two guys on the rise. Two young teams that are putting up a bunch of points and doing some damage. Ah, man, I, I, I like almost everybody in this game. Um, let me look up and see what the latest on Kenyon Drake is because Chase Edmonds is a must start if Drake is still out. Uh, but I think Drake did return to practice and he never went on IR. So that was, that was a key, uh, to knowing that maybe he wasn't going to be gone for, for too long. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury called Drake day-to-day, and, yeah, if he returns against the Bills, you would think it'd be probably a pretty good split because Drake hasn't been exactly, like, grabbing that running back one role uh, for the Cardinals except for that one game against the Cowboys where he just went ballistic. I mean, <laughs> that was a godsend to a lot of people. But um, as far as the rest of those guys go, Stefan Diggs has been doing amazing. Um, John Brown, when he's healthy, is really good. And Cole Beasley has been consistent, but nothing spectacular. Um, how about how about John Brown, Corey Davis, um, there was some Keenan Cole, you can throw in Cole Beasley. Those people, if you if you got those people late in drafts, oh yeah, you, you um John Brown had a couple of hiccups, not Cole, but Corey Davis, Keenan Cole, and um has been complete steals. More than likely, was not drafted. Yeah, exactly. And Stephon Diggs, for where he was getting drafted, you can't ask for anything better. I, I'm looking at his season rundown so far, and they still, unfortunately, do have a bye week to go through in week 11. So this week, and then they get a rest, which is probably perfect for the Buffalo Bills and the way they've been playing. They get a fairly late bye week, get recharged, and then go down the stretch versus some very meh teams. They got the Chargers, the 49ers, well, the Steelers, but then the Broncos, Patriots, and Dolphins to end the season. The... Buffalo Bills play against the Patriots in week 16. If you make it to your fantasy championship, which is usually week 16, who knows this year how everything's going to play out, but that could be a dream matchup 
if the Buffalo Bills are on a roll because the Patriots are just not that good this year. Uh, so fantasy playoff time, the Bills and Stefan Diggs could be a pretty darn good, but Stefan Diggs, I mean, he's not had less than six targets in a game, four times in double-digit targets, and he has had at least four catches in every game this season. And other, he's had eight, eight, four, six, ten, six, 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 nine. That that is an MVP on your fantasy team because you probably got him in the fifth round this year. And I tried to get him where I could, and I'm loving Stefan Diggs every single day. And of course, we all love Josh Allen. Uh, we all know if Tom were on the show tonight, he would be bragging about how he has Josh Allen at the top of his quarterback list. Uh, I had him right below Tom. And Russell Wilson below him. So I'm liking how my quarterbacks are turning out this year. Uh, as far as the Cardinals go, Kyler Murray, he was drafted higher, but, man, he seems like he's worth it because he's he's getting running back. Like, he'd be like a running back, too, with just his rushing numbers right now, I believe, uh, as far as stats go, which is just insane. Let me find him really quick. Because Kyler Murray, he kind of disappeared one week. Oh, not even. No, I'm looking at his stats right now, and it's it's ridiculous. His worst game in the flag league is 28 points. That's uh, pretty good. But then, yeah, you look at his running numbers. He's had 13, 8, 5, 6, 9, 10, 14, and 11 carries. His last three games, he's had 10-plus carries each game. For a minimum of 67 yards and a touchdown, every he has eight touchdowns on the ground this year. When 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 Tua said that he might be the fastest quarterback in the NFL, do you, do you do you think that's possible? Tua said this about himself or about Kyler? No, about Kyler. Oh, okay. Um, you know he doesn't look like it, but there's got to be something to it because he is just blowing by people. I mean, yeah. I'm sorry. He still looks so tiny out on the football field. Yeah. <laughs> I, I laugh a little bit every time I see him, like, scoop through the line or try and throw above somebody, and it just doesn't look like it should work. But we've had <laughs> shorter quarterbacks have success in the NFL, so it shouldn't be surprising. But, yeah, he is just taking off. He has 543 yards on the ground already. And I don't hear many of those comparisons to, like, Vic or, you know, Cam Newton or, you know, those other rushing quarterbacks that we know. I mean, Cam Newton had a couple of rushing touchdowns this last week again, and we're going to have to start talking about Kyler already. I mean, he's going to have at least double-digit touchdowns on the ground. He's got 16 touchdowns through the air, and it's not like he's throwing a ton of picks, and almost half of the picks that he's had this year came in one game. So, as much as Kyler Murray was like, well, do you really want to take him in the fifth or sixth round? Yeah, I, I can't blame you because he has produced so far and has been that high worthy of a pick. And and he doesn't, it's like that short area, area burst. I think if you put him and Lamar Jackson in a race, I think Lamar Jackson wins if it's a straightforward race. Right. But the way he's able to change direction and stop, and he works the angles. Oh, yeah. At probably like 94%, he <laughs> always gets that angle on somebody. And it's it's all the little short uh, choppy steps. And it pew, 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 like a little ping pong. And he doesn't take hits. I think this is sustainable. 
Yeah, that's going to be the key is if he he keeps not getting hit. If he can avoid those types of plays, that would be the best because we all see guys like Cam Newton and even Carson Wentz. They keep getting hit late. There's penalties, whoop-de-doo. It still doesn't take away the fact that they got popped and they're getting just murdered out there. I mean, we all saw Jadavion Clowney wait, last wait, year. Wait, wait. <laughs> we were older. Some people in chat might not know this. You know right. who he reminds me of? Who? Um, not Flutie, but Steve Young. But oh. Steve Young, it mm. caught up with him as he got older. Right. He took a lot of hits, like bone crushing, snot bubble <laughs> hits. But when I look at Kyler, that's what I see. Yeah, uh, that's that's not a bad comparison. I kind of like it. Obviously, it's a lefty versus righty situation, so it looks different when I'm picturing Steve Young running in my head. But Flutie had it too, but I think um, Steve Young was more athletic. I might be wrong yeah. about that. Who was more athletic, Steve Young or Doug Flutie? Chat? Oh, is Steve Young, no doubt. Doug Flutie okay. just had the okay. the tenacity, and he had the, the magic. will. He had the and magic. Yeah, he just he just had something about him. He had that before Tim Tebow kind of like he just he came in there and won games. You didn't know how he did it, but he did it, and he'd have those hail mary passes and. Like how how was he doing this little dude running around a football field? How is this guy getting it done? But he made it he made it happen. Don't sell Doug Flutie. Doug Flutie played multiple positions, played in different leagues, and set records. That's right. All right, <laughs> now we can move on to the Las Vegas Raiders and the Denver Broncos. Man, the Broncos, they just confuse me this year because they have some decent fantasy options, but it doesn't seem like they're consistent enough. We're going back and forth between Melvin Gordon and Phillip Lindsay. Drew Locke looks good one week, looks terrible the next week. Jerry Judy looks amazing, but does he always have a quarterback that can throw to him? No. Tim Patrick has been a great waiver wire pickup. Uh, K.J. Hamler, I know he's got the talent to do it, but he's not getting enough looks really. So as far as the Broncos go, I mean, if you got to play somebody like Phillip Lindsay, I'm not against it this week. Uh, I know you're going to play Melvin Gordon if you have him because you drafted him uh, <laughs> to be on your team. Um, let me look at offense. That, for... That's a backfield you can't play them both. You can't feel comfortable playing them both, for sure. And when you look at projections, remember I mentioned projections earlier. Lindsay is always projected to score less points than Gordon. Right. But that that's not the way it works out. I think the Denver offense should look at who the team plays better as their lead back and then balance from there. That's just my, my opinion. Uh, I have to comment because <laughs> NBA is 100% right down there. Kyler running reminds me of Darren Sproles, and I did not think about that until you put that out there. That is a great example. If you melded Darren Sproles and Steve Young, I think that would that's Kyler Murray right there. He is, yeah, he's got yeah. an arm. He can let it fly, and he's got a, a great wide receiver like uh, Steve Young did. But he does. He looks like Darren Sproles running around there just shifty and just one cut. Boom. Oh. You missed him. Sorry. That's it. Good good call, NBA. Um, and as far as the Raiders go, uh, I'll let you take this one because they, they've been a Jekyll and Hyde team too. Well, right now, just to be st- sitting where they are, they got to be plumb and happy. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm not sure if Trent Brown played last week or what his condition is. Hopefully they get incognito back. I think Brian Edwards is 
towards the healthy end because somebody else got to produce. Um, just to think about all the weapons that the Raiders spent capital on this last year's draft, and nothing has actually panned out. It's not a, um, uh, um. Uh, 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 like murder on Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards. They just weren't the players in the profile when they were drafted to produce day one. And I'm not even trying to bash my team. Right. Um, it was a, the expectations was for to have Tyrell Williams, somebody else out, out there on the field. They don't have that player. And you can tell when you see their offense, um, please, please praise Derek Carr. This is pretty much a regurgitated offense from last year with younger players. Maybe more talented, but it's pretty much the same exact team. You take Antonio Brown off from last year. You take Trent Brown, did I say his name right, off this year. You, you have a cancer last year. You have a cancer this year. No disrespect to Brown and whatever he has going on, but this has been all year. You take a Pro Bowl caliber guard and give him an Achilles injury that I didn't yeah. even think he was on the IR at first. And Achilles injuries should normally come out for the year, correct? This uh, was yeah, a strain. Right? Right? And yet, the Raiders are still five. We're talking fantasy. We're not talking football. <laughs> um, only person that you play, I'm sorry, you guys. I'm passionate about these guys. And we haven't put out a podcast in almost about a month. Um, but um, play Jacobs. You're hit him. You play Waller. And I think you're going to be able to play Carr soon. He's going to get um, Brian Edwards back. Um, think about the quarterbacks that are out there. He's not on your waiver wire. Go look at your waiver wire. Derek yeah. Carr isn't there unless he's on all my teams. Because you're going to need somebody, and this is the, the latter end of their schedule. If they can get people healthy, including Brown and Incognito, their running game is going to start to take off more. That is going to wear down teams, and they're barely winning. When I watched, I know this is we're talking about fantasy. <laughs> right. Just play, just play Jacobs, just play Waller for now. If you're in need of a flex, I know John Eddie Jr. is holding on to Brian <laughs> Edwards in a deep league that we have. Yeah. I went looking for him and found him on the end of your bitch. I don't know what he might do for I you. Don't either. <laughs> but if if rugs go down, if 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 Renfro goes down. The thing about the Raiders is a reason why I'm still clinging on to Brian Edwards. They don't have a, is it X or Z wide receiver on their roster? The only oh, right, one, right. what is what is it, Z? Yeah, I, forget. I, I never. Um, if anybody in <laughs> chat can help me out, there's an X receiver and a Z, former coach. It's the strong side of the field. It's your big body receiver more so or not. The, the only person on the Raiders team that fits that profile is Edwards. He can kind of bring some balance to the roster and, and, and just moving forward. So if you're able to get him on your waivers, I, he might not pan out. If you're in Dynasty, if somebody have dropped him, go get him. Yeah, uh, I just have a couple things to add. I, I'm looking at Nelson Aguilar's fantasy points for the year, and his stats are just dumb. I don't remember. I th oh, it, It's reminded me of John Brown from a couple of years ago when he didn't have a ton of catches, but he had a good amount of touchdowns. Aguilar has 25 targets on the year and five touchdowns. He only had one real game where it looked like a wide receiver, you know, fantasy stat line, nine targets, five catches, 100 yards, and a touchdown. Everything else has been four targets or less, and you can't expect him to get points by only getting four targets. Let's call this a conspiracy theory. <laughs> so, you know, right. I, I got inside people, Okay, right? okay. So, 
This is a a, a contract friendly deal the Raiders have with Aguilar this year. Yeah. He is making peanuts. So if he had more than twenty five targets and did better than what he was doing now, that would drive up his market price. Mm-hmm. Now I'm just thinking, <laughs> um, yeah, that would suck if that if that becomes. Is it that, otherwise, is that Derek Carr? Is that John? Who fault is it that that man is being treated like John Ross? Final uh, answer. That is a good question. But anytime he gets uh, just a couple of catches, he does a ton with them. I mean, he had four catches for 44 yards, two for 67, five for 170, 107, and two for 55. He's averaging like 25 yards a catch or something at this point. It's 17 okay, for 347. Okay, okay. Is that. That's that speak in volume of Derek Carr? Is it? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make, make sense out of this. So if I've only thrown in this receiver, that is amazing. I had me with a perfect quarterback rating for multiple games. Seldomly, is it, I'm only throwing to it when he opened. I wish we had. We got to get it when we. I get the subscription for the all 22 camera oh, right. because I lose rugs where I watch the game. Where is he? You know, I want to see what's happening to him at the line of scrimmage. Also, Arnett, uh, Amir Robinson. When I look at the snap caps at the end of the game, they'd be like, they played. I'd be like, where, Sway? Right. How, Sway? <laughs> yeah, Ruggs, this last week he had three targets and no catches. So did he only get targeted when he was running a go route? Did he get targeted when it was like a wide receiver screen? I don't know where his targets came from. Same here. It could be. I want to see, is he, is he what is it called, schemed? Is he doing his job? Right. Because that's going to help him progress. What is happening? Is he getting owned? Is he not getting off the line of scrimmage? Is he being double teamed? No, I think that's happened to Waller. I think I think the box is stacked. Something isn't adding up. Yeah, something's not adding up. But what is adding up is the Raiders' fantasy schedule. They've got some decent yes. matchups. Um, the Broncos this week is a good matchup versus the Chiefs. I mean, they already did it once against the Chiefs, uh, scored a bunch of points, so there's no reason to believe they couldn't do it again. Falcons don't have a good defense. The Jets are terrible. Colts, okay. Chargers and Dolphins, and the Dolphins have a decent defense. But there are some good games coming up where you could get some decent fantasy points on them. So as much as I don't like Aguilar weekly, if you got to throw him in there on bye weeks, he has the chance at least but I don't want to put him out there every week. If somebody goes down, you're going to be mad. Aguilar is not in your roster. Right. But that's the only way you will. Exactly. All right. What else do we got here? Next game. Oh, boy. This could be a bloodbath or it could be tight because the Pittsburgh Steelers almost lost to the Dallas Cowboys this last week. I mean, as an Eagles fan, I was watching that game thinking, oh, yeah, let's see how bad the Cowboys can be with Garrett Gilbert at quarterback and how awesome the Steelers can be. And the Steelers, in my opinion, watching that game, should have lost. They had three penalties in the fourth quarter against the Cowboys that kept their drives alive in order for them to get down and score points of some kind. I don't know what to think of the Steelers right now. After that performance, I'm hoping it was just kind of a a one-time thing. It was in Dallas. Not that home field means anything this year, but the Bengals have a decent uh, passing offense right now. Joe Burrow has looked just fine. Uh, Let me pull up Cincinnati's stats as a whole fantasy-wise. 
Um, T. Higgins, who I believe actually is limited in practice this week, has been just amazing uh, ever since he finally got into the lineup against the Eagles. He has been a very consistent wide receiver. Now, maybe that's because Joe Burrow is young. T. Higgins is young. Maybe they hooked up in, you know, the training camp uh, practices that they had. But every week, T. Higgins, since week two, has had at least five targets. And most of the time, it's been seven, eight, and nine. So T. Higgins, if he's not in your lineup, um, I'm not sure what you're doing. He had a bye last week. He's fresh. I would hope that he... Maybe they're just easing them back in a little bit. But T. Higgins has been amazing. A.J. Green finally started having a couple of good games. I don't think he's consistent enough to keep in your lineup because versus the Titans, he only had two catches again after having two good weeks in a row. And, of course, Tyler Boyd. Like, I still think back to Tyler Boyd, and I hate talking about wide receivers for the Bengals so much, but I remember Tyler Boyd being drafted and just kind of being thrown to the side and not really given a chance right away. And as soon as he got a chance, he ran with it. And I had him, and I was thinking, I think I picked him up off of waivers. And I was like, why is this guy on waivers? I know he's good. What is going on with him? And, like, ever since I picked him up off of waivers in that one league, Tyler Boyd has been somebody who you can't keep out of your lineup he's he's more of a wide receiver one than A.J. Green has been for the last probably two or three years. And yeah. and, and Joe Burrow is rolling with it because yep. the Bengals are going to be scary soon. And the Pittsburgh Steelers better do what they can this year before the Bengals maybe kind of take over a little bit in that. But that division, all four of those teams in that division – could be a playoff contender at some point. Um, all right, what do you what do you got to say about the Bengals? I know we talked about Mixon and Giovanni Bernard earlier. You got anything to uh, add on the the Cincy front? Just for future um, future dynasty players, maybe in a keeper league, if you can acquire Boyd, if you can acquire Higgins, AJ Green probably won't be back next year. Um, you will have an opportunity to set your flag in an offense that's going to improve. They have to, I think they have cap space. Um, they're going to improve that offensive line. Did they re-up Mixon already? Uh, we, we were they, looking at that. I think they did, but yeah, we'll have to look into that. Um, but it's such a, it's like, it's weird because Burrow isn't Herbert. Um, Burrow isn't Kyler Burrow doesn't have a chance at rookie of the year, the offensive line. He makes more mistakes um, by circumstance than any other rookie quarterback. It isn't that he doesn't have the tools, but he's just under fire. You won't you won't see his potential this year. No. And we're seeing Herbert's, we're seeing Kyler's, and we have yet to even see Tua's yet. Right. But you will not see Burrow's full Burrow could be an Andrew Luck. And I, that's not a, a, um, a comparison. I, I meant by a cornerstone. Yes. If you if you give him an offensive line, um, surround him with weapons, those victories will not go to spoil. Uh, Mixon he did. is not a game manager. <laughs> uh, no, he, he's a gunslinger, and he's going to go out there and try and win 
however he can. Uh, as far as Mixon goes, he did get a contract extension. I believe it was four years, $48 million. So he's there. Um, as long as he can stay healthy, that is a good one-two punch. And then wherever A.J. Green lands up, if he stays on the Bengals, he's not going to be the guy. It's Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins from here on out with Joe Burrow as long as they're on that team. And that's going to be one of those teams that we may look in the next year or two where we used to have, um, you know, Randall Cobb, Jordy Nelson, and uh, Devontae Adams for Aaron Rodgers. We may be talking about a couple of these guys like that with Joe Burrow because I think he's going to be able to sustain at least two wide receivers uh, fantasy-wise. So keep an eye on Cincinnati Bengals uh, yeah. for the years Even to come. With- AJ Green, after a bye week, you know, us older guys don't bounce back as well from just fatigue and, and dings. So you may get two more hot weeks before you see a deal from AJ Green. Um, he's a uh, mentoring players. Um, I'm pretty sure he's looked better these last couple of weeks before the bye. And he may, who is a player that you can name? Oh, Adrian Peterson. But he'll give you a couple, like four weeks, and then he'll be like, where you go? Yeah. Yep. He will tease you, and you'll be like, okay, finally, I can put him back in my lineup, and then he'll have a bad week. Like, no, 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 that was just an anomaly. No, it might not be anymore. Uh, it, it's time to let the A.J. Green we used to know, it's time to let him go and look at the situations. If maybe Higgins or Boyd were out, then he might okay. be a play again. I got a question. I got okay. a question. Going into the playoffs and setting up for by lows. Are you are you leaning away from? I wish I could give you like three examples. <laughs> are you leaning away from Mike Evans, AJ Green? Give me another wide receiver that's been so a uh, DJ Moore. Okay. Or and are you buying into the Fogums? Are you buying into the Tim Patrick's and the Bashar Pyramids? Ooh, it's that time of the year where it is um, the younger group. Can, <laughs> the younger group is coming in, and these guys have done it before. How do I, you think about? How do you feel about that? I do. Um, let me look uh, really quick. Uh, I do like Rashad Perriman, uh, but it's one to keep an eye on because of the Joe Flacco and Sam Darnold. Who knows who's going to be the quarterback if they're going to shut down Sam Darnold. If he's got an injury, we're doing air quotes on here. If you're listening in podcast land and not on Twitch, I'm doing air quotes uh, about a Sam Darnold injury. I forget who it was last year. I believe it was last year where I was like, yeah, they're going to shut him down and they're going to make it seem like it's a bigger injury than maybe it actually was just because they don't want him to look even worse and they'll have a reason to keep him on the bench, whatever the injury might be. This could be the case for Sam Darnold this year, and maybe Joe Flacco rides out the rest of the year. And then, if the Jets were a smart football team, then they'd be like, oh, well, we're going to trade Sam Darnold away because he wasn't what we thought he were. We'll keep Joe Flacco, draft Trevor Lawrence, let Joe Flacco do the Ryan Fitzpatrick thing for the first five games next year, and then Trevor Lawrence comes in like Tua did. I've seen it year after year. We had kind of the same thing when Wentz uh, got his shot before he got his ACL injury the year we won the Super Bowl. 
the next year it was Mitchell Trubisky when they went into the playoffs looking like a decent football team, and then he fell off the map. So I'm not saying that Trevor Lawrence is going to be a bust, but I'm seeing a way that he could be worked in the lineup like Tua was worked in the lineup this year because you know it's a copycat league. You see teams copying each other all the time. So I would not be surprised if Darnold was out, Flacco was in, and if Flacco was in, I like Brashad Perry. I mean, to get back to your actual question. <laughs> oh, good point, good point. I'm sitting here nodding my head. You what are we talking about? Like, I, I've been sitting here the whole time. He's gonna. You do a very good job of hosting and bringing me back. Thank, thank, you, thank, you. thank you. Can we get a, some hype in chat for John Eddie Jr.? Because I was just lost for a minute. <laughs> what were we talking about? Um, and as far as your other guys, I, I still like DJ Moore. Uh, I... I don't think you'll be able to buy him low per se uh, because he has been fairly consistent over the f- past few weeks. Um, we, Mike Evans was another one you mentioned. I don't have any faith because you know you're not going to be able to buy him low unless somebody is just fed up with Mike Evans. You can't but, but sell what, him what low. If, what if somebody has Curtis Samuels and DJ? Because I, I have this issue, uh, right? And we always was taught about Curtis Samuel's upside. Curtis Samuel is the DJ Moore in that offense this year. And I think it's dependent on Christian McCaffrey playing. Oh, yeah. You see where I'm going here? Oh, yeah. So it's, it's so weird that the Panthers just figured out under not Riverboat Ron how to use <laughs> Curtis Samuel and forgot how to use DJ Moore. Yeah, that is very interesting because you'll see it just pop up time to time all of a sudden like oh yeah curtis samuel man he put on some moves he gets those reverses and scores and and i want to look into this if i remember i should write it down so i can i swear every time curtis samuel gets a rushing touchdown he also gets a receiving touchdown that game yep yep yep. i told you last year and you laughed at me you (laughs) laughed at me i said curtis samuel was like week nine has the most air yards of anybody in the league and you was Uh. like how many fantasy points have air yards got can you define air yards (laughs) yeah (laughs) you remember i still don't like that air yards statistic because it doesn't feel like it means a damn thing i I like to oh yeah well he's been thrown at a lot deep down the field yeah well how many catches he got uh i bet you right this year he's nowhere near the top but he's far more productive right it just seems like that would make more sense he also has (laughs) a quarterback that throws the ball instead of a quarterback that runs the ball although teddy had a couple of good runs this year cam newton and all those backups didn't quite cut it in Carolina the last couple of years. So maybe they're finally working him into the lineup a little bit more, and uh, Curtis Samuel could be a fantasy playoff hero. I don't know. In some leagues, I had Chris McCaffrey, and last week I dropped Davis because McCaffrey was out. In other leagues, I didn't have him, but I passed on waivers on Davis thinking McCaffrey was healthy. Uh, and I am kicking. If I didn't drop him, I didn't pick him up. Because I was like, uh-huh. And now McCaffrey might not play, and that changes what right receivers I can play on that team. Right. Oh, oh, here we go. Last four games for Curtis Samuel. He's had five, six, five, and nine targets. That's okay for what his position is. He's had five, six, four, and nine catches. He's missed one of those targets. So everything that's been thrown his way uh, sands one catch. Uh, has been caught, and then 
in those four games, he's had four, one, three, and three carries. So he's getting almost double-digit touches in all those games, and he has scored in the flag league. And it's a slightly different scoring than normal, but 12, 18, 22, and 24. And he's had two rushing and two receiving touchdowns in those four games. So, and that was mostly without Christian McCaffrey, but this last week was with Christian McCaffrey. So it seems like they might be working him into that lineup a little bit more. And for sure, right now, with more bye weeks still to go, I'm okay with Curtis Samuel getting put into your lineup. I'm okay if you play two out of the three of those wide receivers right now. Teddy Bridgewater seems to be finding these guys more and more, which is weird because their record doesn't indicate uh, (laughs) like the team that they actually are putting out there on the football field. What's the Panthers' record? They were supposed to be in the race at the beginning of the year. We talked about them like they were dogs. They are uh, three just like and the six. Raiders. Three and oh, six. And I take it back. Yeah. I, that, I, it's confusing <laughs> because the fantasy portion of the Carolina Panthers has been great this year, and they're just not getting it done uh, as far as actual wins. And we haven't even talked about the Steelers. We were talking about Bengals versus Steelers. And let me get on the Steelers page real quick because Ben Roethlisberger, he kind of is a little iffy right now. It looked like he he went out for a play or two uh, on Sunday. What is his? Uh, Roethlisberger, oh, he tested. Oh, whoa, is this? How new is this? It was today. Okay, uh, Ben Roethlisberger uh, on Sunday's plane ride home from Dallas sat next to Vance McDonald, who has since tested positive for COVID-19. That's why Ben was put on the COVID list, I believe. He also is rehabbing an injured knee uh, during the five days he's going to be on the reserve list. So I'm assuming they're going to make Roethlisberger available for Sunday, but it's, it's a good question because... Those wide receivers, they need Ben Roethlisberger out there. We've seen what this Pittsburgh offense looks like without Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, Juju didn't practice, uh, but that's the standard for him on Wednesdays since the beginning of October. Uh, But most importantly, Juju ultimately ends up playing on Sunday and is usually in your lineup. Uh, Vance McDonald, like I said, he tested positive, so... Hopefully that doesn't spread around. And James Conner is the guy that uh, he's playing. He played 46% of the snaps in week nine. So it doesn't seem like a lot. And he didn't do good against Dallas. But up until this point, he's played 63% of Pittsburgh snaps. So, I mean, Conner's still the guy there, but it seems like he's wearing down and, I had it. I could have traded for James Conner in the flag league as well. I didn't have the salary to be able to do it, but I probably would have because it would have been cheap enough for that league. But James Conner seems to be wearing down. So if you haven't already, you might want to pick up somebody like Benny Snell. He usually is grabbed up, but if for some reason he's not, uh, I don't know. Do you like somebody better than Benny Snell? Like, uh, was it Anthony McFarland or? Who do you like if James Conner isn't the guy in Pittsburgh? I, I, I've been holding on to Benny Snell in multiple <laughs> leagues. I have him on of my course, taxi squad in the Dynasty League, and it just has not been nothing. I've had Lamaje P. Ryan. Wait, 
Am I saying that right? Yeah, for the Jets. Yes. And I made him a taxi squad player. And I can't touch him in a, in a dynasty league. But he has scored more points than Benny Snow, I think, at this point. Frank Gore has scored more. <laughs> you would rather have Frank Gore. And all right, all right, what running back would you would like to have on Pittsburgh, other than Connor, if Big Ben isn't the quarterback? Um, if Big Ben isn't the quarterback, I don't want nobody on Pittsburgh. That's it's nope. plain and simple. They are not anywhere close to the same team if Ben Roethlisberger is not the quarterback. And that uh, you can't argue with that because you saw what they did with those crap quarterbacks last year. Uh, so yeah. maybe play Deontay Johnson. I think you got some some chemistry with Mason Rudolph, but yeah. I didn't even just realize that till right now, right. chat. <laughs> and I'm playing my Chase. I have Juju in like four leagues. I have Chase yeah. Claypool late waiver wire. I know you got like Chase. ten <laughs> teams, so I'm playing them right now. They're in my lineups, and I did not even think about big ben isn't playing yeah uh i don't think he's ruled out yet but it's one of those things i uh, thought he was COVID. he was on the list because he was close to vance mcdonald uh, on the plane ride so he's got five days where he can test negative twice or whatever it is and get back on the football field so he, he's pulling a matthew staff yeah. got it he would be available to participate in the saturday walkthrough if everything goes correctly for him uh let's move on we got a few games left uh we're going way longer than i thought we would and that's fine that is fine we're talking a lot of football and i love it and we've had a lot of interaction i love it uh next game on the list san francisco and new orleans New Orleans seems to be getting back into the groove. Michael Thomas finally came back. Uh, let me look up New Orleans really quick. I should be doing this before I start talking about the game, but uh, it's okay. I I can, um, <laughs> you want to look it up real quick? I can oh, I already got it. I already about... got it. Okay, got uh, it. I was go, looking go for, uh, for Michael Thomas. Where did he do anything this last game? He did have uh, ten fantasy points, five for fifty-one on six targets. So. An easing back game, which is just fine. Drew Brees, like we said earlier, is hitting on 74% of his throws this year. Emmanuel Sanders, after having to be off for a couple of games for his COVID issue, came back and has been great. The only week he didn't do good was the one week I know Tom needed him to score like six points on a Monday night, and he got two and a half. That was it. So every other game out of Emmanuel Sanders has been great. And we all know the number one quarter or running back in fantasy football this year is Alvin Kamara, and he actually had his worst performance of the season versus the Buccaneers, and that was just because they, they were doing whatever they wanted with the Buccaneers. He didn't have to have 10 catches like he's been doing. He only had five catches for nine yards, and they are like, you know what? You can just sit down and take a week off, Alvin, because we yep. got this one under yep. control. So don't worry yep. about any of that. Alvin Kamara is still the guy um, a guy that I've actually liked is Deontay Harris. Now, I have him in a league, but it's because of his return yards that he's worth a lot. And that has been, I had him since last year. I picked him up and he I remember. played him. And I've been like, hanging mm-hmm. around with you for a while. So when you brought him up, and he's one of those eye test people. Please continue. But, yes, yes love him. Um, but in the flag league where he gets those return yards, the last three weeks have been 20, 18, and then eight, obviously, because the Buccaneers didn't score much. He didn't get many return yards. Uh, but with the absence of Emmanuel Sanders, 
he actually produced a decent amount. He didn't have a ton of targets, but he did enough with those targets and his return yards to make me, uh, he's not coming out of my lineup. Uh, even if he is the number five wide receiver, he's not coming out of my lineup because he gets those return yards. So that, that's that been my little homer pick of the last couple of years on the Saints. Let me let me just make sure this is clear because I've had this misunderstanding. That Harris guy is not the guy that played for the Packers, the Raiders, and I want to say the Saints, the kickoff return guy. This guy's young. You're speaking about, right? Uh yeah, he's only been in the league for two years, so both with the Saints. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I, I want to say it's a guy that has the same name as Dwayne Harris. That's the yes, guy you're thinking yes. of. The Giants and the Raiders and. Yeah, yeah, multiple yeah, teams yeah, yeah. right there. He was a good yeah. kick returner for a while. Tom actually had him on multiple teams while he was doing all his kick return uh, yards. So we all know about Dwayne Harris here on Fantasy Fuel. Well, Mike Thomas targets should get up to 10. Oh, yeah. And if they did Easy. not get up to 10, then I would start to worry. It was one of those things where I don't know what Tampa Bay did. This is why we need one of us from Fantasy Fuel to have the all 22 and should have yeah, passed with the other should. two <laughs> because we would be able to see if the Buccaneers played uh, Mike Thomas straight up, if there was some kind of double. How did they have some success? Did they be like, they tried to account for Michael Thomas? on what six eight targets you mentioned six and then yep. everybody else ate or did they play them straight up and drew Brees ripped them apart alva kamara got an early day sit i seen murray running it and it was it was just really smart to do going to this home stretch well they're coming into a niner team now I'll, I'll let you answer yeah well adam troutman uh had 15 fantasy points uh Taysom hill uh he had two catches um or no he had two passing attempts. He had seven rushing attempts, and he had a touchdown. So they were just doing whatever they wanted to. I don't think they needed Michael Thomas, so they probably didn't play him much in the second half. Um, right. But the, the 49ers. The, uh, the all-22 with Shellestad. <laughs> we got to get somebody. Hey, producer, can we get somebody on snap counts? Um, anybody yeah. in chat knows Michael Thomas snap counts last week. That is a great thing to know. Um, but and they're facing the Niners. How do you like this running back? Papalooza, Tevin Coleman, Jared McKinnon, Hasty. Those are the the active ones coming up this week. Are you staying away? I have stayed away on 49ers pretty much all year. I took Debo off of uh, a late, late draft pick in one league just because you hyped him up so much. Oh, when he comes back, he'll be fine. Well, guess what? He's still sidelined on Wednesday's practice because of the hamstring. Tevin Coleman didn't practice. Raheem Moster was coming back. He's been ruled out. Uh, Kendrick Bourne uh, was on the COVID list. Um, It's what? Why? Why do anything with the San Francisco 49ers? Everybody was on Jamichael Hasty, uh, Jarek McKinnon. Then actually did good again for the first time in a couple of weeks. Uh, let me pull up San Francisco real quick because it, it's it's just such a carousel there. I mean, if you have to, you have to. Jarek McKinnon he went like gangbusters to start the year. 15, 21, 19, 24, then 4, 5, and 2 points, and then 19 and 21 in back-to-back games again. But that 19, I think, was partially due to some return yards in this league. Uh, Yeah, he had 20 kickoff return yards and a tackle, so that one was not indicative of a normal running back-type fantasy week. So, I mean, if you have to play McKinnon, I guess. Um, Jermichael Hasty. 
don't know. He only had four attempts versus the Packers, and he had 12 attempts the game before and a touchdown, and he's only getting targeted once or twice a game. I just I don't see it right now with Jamichael Hasty. I think he's got too much learning to do to be a big part of that offense where Jerick McKinnon at least knows what he's doing out there right now. And yeah, I, I don't know. I picked up Ross Dwelly in a couple of leagues as just a, a hope and a prayer. And what did he have in this league? Uh, he got me 10 points, three catches for 52 yards with other little scoring changes in there, but he's no George Kittle. And he's no Jordan Reed, even though Jordan Reed only had, what, one catch for three yards in the last week. Yeah. Uh, I am actually playing against this week, which I need to, like, win out in the flag league. And I have a decent roster to be able to maybe finally get there. But I'm playing the guy who has Patrick Mahomes, who's on bye and has to play Nick Mullins this week. So I'm hoping the trend continues with the 49ers, and they're just not going to be good. Yeah, I am... the the middle linebacker, I think he is a strong side Werner. Yes. He is a beast. Oh, he yes. is here to stay, and he's top five linebacker. If I want to say, uh, I, I want to stop there because <laughs> the season isn't over. But he is a beast. He's holding that defense together. But we're talking fantasy, and on the offensive side of the ball, I was about to say, oh, Richie James. He's the new hotness. Um, there's a reason why we've never seen him. Produce like he did last week is it might not be built in him if they continue to go to the well like they have to him he will be injured again but he is a highlight waiting to happen what do you think about richie james in any year leagues pick up richie james um i have not picked him up anywhere Uh, i know tom had him in the flag league last year and played him a couple of times because he did get in there and i think he was doing some returns maybe at some point uh, I don't remember 100%, uh, but, yeah, he had 184 yards this last week, and I think if you have to attribute it to something, it's because it wasn't Jimmy Garoppolo and those backup guys were playing with the guys they normally practice with. So Richie James and Nick Mullins, maybe they're just on the same page. If it ends up going yep. to C.J. Hey, Beathard, hey. no. You have a bump. Like a celebratory bump. Your point right there about like uh, second team. I need to hear something. I got to give you some props for that one because I couldn't figure it out. But you were right. The chemistry with the second team and having knowing these people probably room with travel with in your own little team bubble. Um, yeah. Can we sell some horns? You got yeah. Yeah. I got to get more of that uh, uh, picked <laughs> up. Let's see. Do I have anything? real like oh my god so so he might be here to stay he's not Jalen Hurd he's not Kendrick Bourne you're saying the relationship he has with the backup and just not being no targets for Brandon Ayuk uh, Debo Samuels he's can he be this good I don't know that he's that good per se I think it's just a good situation right now right here um I think Jimmy Garoppolo might be on his way out. Uh, he's not looked good when he's healthy, and he can't stay healthy. And that is a recipe for disaster. And the 49ers are just good enough that they won't be able to get a high draft pick. So they won't be like, well, it, it was a failed experiment. We need to go somewhere different. They probably don't have enough capital to trade up if they are going to go away from Jimmy Garoppolo. Nick Mullins isn't the The Niners angry. draft 
extremely well. But you still I, can't I, get a top-tier quarterback if you have a good record at the end of the season. They can draft well all they want, but unless somebody falls to pick 32 like Lamar Jackson, um, and even he is the, – the jury's still out on Lamar because he's not looking like he did last year. So unless you can draft really well and find a guy late in a, a, a draft like the Patriots, you know, did – yeah, I, I don't see them. I don't see them being able to right this ship, uh, at least at the quarterback position, very soon. Man, if they can get under that Jimmy G tag and get there, the rumor is that they want Kirk Cousins or it was somebody. Yeah, else they were they said. looking at Kirk Cousins at one point, and and somebody else is still on the table, and I'm like, why do you want these guys? <laughs> I mean, there's there's rumors that Aaron Rodgers would go out to San Francisco because that's where he's from. I don't think I would like that, but if he wants to go home, more power to him. Uh, I don't really see it. Gotcha. All right, we got three games left. Let's try and get through these real quick. Then I'm going to put my kid down, and then I'll come back. So I won't be gone okay. for too long. Uh, we got okay. Seattle and the Rams, which uh nice NFC West showdown. That whole division is still just they're all in it. And Seattle, uh, while 6-2, and two, just came off of a, a pretty good loss to the Buffalo Bills. But Russell Wilson is still Russell Wilson. And... I'll have to look this up. I wonder if I can find it real quick. Uh, you give us some uh, insight on how, what do you think about uh, the Seattle Seahawks and who's going to be the target monster this week. Um, and it was a terrific stack. I think I was listening to the Fantasy Few podcast. You guys should check it out if you guys are listening. Um, hashtag um, 2020. But looking at the Seattle offense, their plug and play, um dk metcalf don't call him dj metcalf <laughs> yes please don't um plays better against the zone and Lockett plays better against men it might be the other way around it's the uh, other way around facts uh-oh can you <laughs> Met- still hear me metcalf is the one against man okay cool and Lockett is against. Um, it might be the other way around but there's there's no fooling anybody you're playing if you have Lockett, if you have dj um you're playing them both um, I can't hear you for the next two minutes and 30 seconds, and hopefully you can still hear me. You're plugging in. If you have Carson, you're not dropping him. If you are, <laughs> if you're playing DJ Dallas because you have Carson are holding on to him and taking that roster spot open, there's an Alex Collins there. He is the new Gus Edwards in Seattle. Um, figure it out, guys. Figure it out. Uh, the Rams seem to play more zone. So if you're going to do anything this week, it should be a Tyler Lockett game. Not saying you can't play DK Metcalf, but it, if you're playing DFS, it looks like it would be a Tyler Lockett week. Now, the cat's out of the bag. Uh, as Network was saying, we we kind of figured out what was going on there with uh, who who is better at what, but maybe they'll be scheming more for that. Um, but we'll see. I, I would be, if I were a betting man, I would be more apt to play Tyler Lockett this week in DFS. Um, for the rest of that team, you can't really play at tight end. Uh, I was hoping Rashad Penny was going to be back soon. Let me see if there's any news really quick on him. 
Um, Chris Carson still might not be there. DJ Dallas was kind of banged up, but he practiced in full. Carlos Hyde missed a practice. Carson remained sidelined. I'm not seeing anything about Rashad Penny. I was hoping he would be back uh, so I could plug him in a couple of leagues just for bye week fill-ins and see if I get lucky. But um, then we can move to the Rams, and I still don't understand what my obsession against the Rams is because I just I don't like the Rams. I don't like Jared Goff, and he has not been great this year. He, he has been... Subpar, he's had three good weeks and the rest average or below average. Cooper Cup has been consistent, but not as good as I want him to be. He had 20, 20 targets this last week. That's that's what I was hoping out of Cooper Cup, because I know he doesn't score a lot of touchdowns, but Cooper Cup had 20 targets, 11 catches, 110 yards. That's what I expected out of him. Robert Woods, he had a good game this last week. 28 points, 7 catches, 85 yards, and a touchdown. And he usually gets a couple of uh, attempts on the ground. Uh, He got a rushing touchdown last week, so that's a bonus every time that happens. But uh, against the Seattle Seahawks, eh, possibly more of the same. The Seahawks are giving up a lot of points this year. And let's see, what is the over on? The over-under on this game is 55 and a half. 55 and a half holy crap even if you're like me and you don't like the rams you pretty much gotta let them loose this week um i have to play malcolm brown in the flag league this week and he's been okay he's at least getting me points uh when i put him in the lineup he's not been bad he's averaging like four plus yards a carry so it's not horrible but he's only scored three times uh on the ground this year Daryl Henderson, eh, he's up and down, <laughs> more down than up recently. Um, and Cam Akers, uh, he's just not there anymore. Uh, I, I don't, I love Cam Akers. He, he had his best game of the season, technically, uh, in the flag league at least. at had a whole 8.1 points, 35 rushing yards, 19 receiving yards, uh, and one catch. Yeah, that's it. So, uh, sorry for anybody that got Cam Akers this year. Um, Let's move on. We got Baltimore and New England. Last year, this would have been an amazing game to watch. This year, probably not so much. Lamar Jackson needs to find himself. I I don't understand what's going on with Lamar Jackson. Look look up his stats really quick. Um, He's still scoring but it's not at the pace that he was last year. Uh, he's got a ton of, he's got 79 carries on the year. Uh, network, thanks for coming back. <laughs> Can you hear me now? <laughs> uh, he doesn't even have a lot of attempts. Uh, Lamar Jackson. I'm back. All right, I there think. you are. <laughs> yeah. um, we're we're talking New England and uh, Baltimore Yes, now. I can hear. Okay. And we're talking Lamar Jackson who has a ton of carries on the year, but not many touchdowns. And his passing is way down from last year. Uh, He has not had a 300-yard game this year. In fact, he only has three games above 200 yards passing. And it's starting to get a little concerning as far as Lamar Jackson goes because Mm -hmm. 
that means you're also not uh, you're not able to count on Mark Andrews like you were last yeah. year. Uh, Mark Andrews more than has, anybody else. Yeah, on that uh, roster, yeah. Marquise Brown has been okay, but nothing spectacular. They brought up Des Bryant last week and promptly put him back on the practice squad this week. So uh, Des Bryant definitely not <laughs> not a thing. Um, and you're looking at guys like J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram's been hurt and Gus Edwards gets in there. Like if you're going to play a running back on the Ravens right now, Gus Edwards is the only guy that you can really trust. And, and he, he only got points this last week in the flag league uh, because he had, uh, what is he had? Well, a tackle, two catches, uh, rushing yards, receiving yards. He had a forced fumble. He got four points in the flag yards for forcing a fumble. So he didn't have that many offensive points this last week. What are we doing? I mean, the Ravens are, what, 4-3? What, what is their record? Uh, oh, 6-2, sorry. I was looking against yeah. the spread. They're 6-2, and two, but how? It doesn't seem like yeah. they should be winning games. It's crazy. Um, I just looked at these notifications. Um, Alshon Jeffrey practicing full. And Justin Jackson has been ruled out for the Chargers. But with, with the Ravens, I, I, I'm not sure if we had brought that up. I just looked at my phone on the last little step away. But with the Ravens, you have to play Lamar Jackson. I set him for Herbert yeah, in a course. couple of leagues last, last week. And Mark Andrews. Everything else is a wait and see. Uh, Mark Ingram is on his way back. He's questionable, so that's going to muck it up for yep. Dobbins. Dobbins didn't walk away with the job because nope. Atworth had a crucial fumble. So I don't. I, I'm not dropping Dobbins, and I'm not picking up Ingram either. Right. I have Ingram in a couple of leagues, and I I I don't want to drop him, but he really has done nothing for me to want to keep him. But I don't want somebody else to have him in case he gets a push during fantasy playoff time. I, I don't want anybody else to have him either. So it's it's really it's really muddied the waters there in Baltimore, and it's not as clear cut anymore on who to put out there in your fantasy lineups. Um, as far as New England goes, oh my goodness i don't even know what to do i played both demir bird and gunner olszewski in the flag league gunner because of his return yards which he had a ton of this last week and demir bird has been okay but my goodness what what can you even do with the patriots offense damian harris he got hurt uh let me see what the latest on him is uh because i'm not even sure if he's going to be able to play uh this coming week he was limited at Wednesday's practice. He was one of 16 players listed as limited for the Patriots. Uh, the chest injury is new, but shouldn't keep him out. Uh, Harris has a shy away matchup with the Ravens defense. That's given up only six rushing touchdowns. So as much as Damian Harris was starting to kind of look better, this is probably not the best matchup to want to get him back into your lineup. Yeah, no, I started to drop James White. Um, I dropped Cam Newton in a league, which hurts my soul, <laughs> but I needed the roster spot. Right. And, and because there's not, nobody better than him on, on waivers. So for me to drop him, it's like, uh, I need the spot. Uh, Jacoby Myers looked good, but I don't know how long Edelman is out. When he's back, will he still look as good? Somebody I look forward to next year. Damon Harris is somebody else to look forward to next year. Um, I don't trust, if I'm dropping... James White 
and maybe playing Damian Harris flex. Something's wrong. Yeah. Uh, unless you are in a deep, deep league. Yeah. You shouldn't be getting any of those guys. You in told me, cause I drafted James White so much. He was going to have a down year. Yeah. You spoke this into existence. I did. You pissed me off because you drafted James White because I have him in a couple of spots and he's not putting up the points that he was for me last year. And it's all your fault. <laughs> all right. I'll we, take that. <laughs> we got one game left. It's a Monday nighter. Minnesota and Chicago. And if you got Dalvin Cook, holy crap. This man has been absolutely on fire. Uh, the last two weeks, let me bring him up real quick. Dalvin Cook, the last two weeks, has 373 yards on the ground, 109 yards receiving, and six touchdowns? Like, he only had five receiving targets, and he has 109 yards and a touchdown, and he only has, well, only 52 carries, but for 373 yards. The man already has 858 yards on the ground, and he missed a week. <laughs> that is insane. 12 touchdowns on the ground, one in the air. Uh, Dalvin Cook, at some point, and it, it probably won't happen because the Vikings are not good this year, but if this were any other year and the Vikings were winning, you might have to put him in the MVP talk. He, he keeps doing this Derek Henry impersonation, <laughs> and I, I wonder what it does to Adam Thielen. Um, upside, but he started off so hot, and then kind of, I don't have any in 24 teams, I don't have one feeling, but I know you do. Yeah. Is it affecting his value? Oh, it's it's affecting him. Uh, anytime Dalvin goes out there and does that, that usually means you're in the game, and you can keep using Dalvin Cook. Any of those games that they weren't in, um, Adam Thielen's 8, 8, 10, and 13 targets, but anytime Dalvin Cook starts going off, five, four, and five targets. So, yeah, it, it's not a and situation. It's an or situation. It's Adam Thielen or Dalvin Cook. Uh, the only and situation, it could be Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. If they're having to throw the ball a bunch and come back, there are times when both of them have been good for a week. Uh, this last week, however, was an Irv Smith week in the air, but he only had two catches, and they were both for touchdowns. So it's not like you can really uh, bank on him being some kind of savior at the tight end position because he's only got 21 targets on the year. I mean, that that's pretty much what Kyle Rudolph was doing for him uh, this last season. Kyle Rudolph only has 19 targets on the year. So even if you put both tight ends together, they got a whole 40 targets on the year through eight games. And, I mean, that's that's five a game, but that doesn't translate to five catches a game. So there is little to no value in the tight end game for Minnesota. Uh, as far as the Bears go, <laughs> they started off hot. They've gotten cold. They've beat some good teams. They've lost to some bad teams. And I'm still saying it every week. If Nick Foles can somehow manage to get them into the playoffs, I will buy a Nick Foles Bears jersey. So you'll see that on air. If it ever happens, I will do it. But... It's not looking good for the Bears. Uh, let me pull up their fantasy stats real quick. I love Nick Foles, and he's been okay for most of the weeks. But the only guy that is really consistent is your boy Allen Robinson. 
I, I don't know how he has been as consistent as he has with the quarterback play, but it seems like Allen Robinson, Terry McLaurin, and DeAndre Hopkins are pretty much the only wide receivers out there that are quarterback-proof. And it's not like Nick Foles is a bad quarterback, but he doesn't have time to throw the ball. And, and David Montgomery is not doing enough for the play action to probably be effective because that Bears offensive line just isn't quite doing it. And David Montgomery, he can't take it all on himself. They don't have Tariq Cohen to uh, play off of him. Cordell Patterson, he doesn't really get involved in the offense that much. Um, Anthony Miller has a good game and then disappears. Darnell Mooney, he's been here and there. It's weird. Darnell Mooney and Anthony Miller have had very similar games in the same game. When one of them goes off, both of them go off. When one of them does mediocre, the other does mediocre. It's kind of a weird stat uh, when you look at it. And then who was this? This must be, oh, yeah, it's uh, Ryan Nall. I think he's a fullback maybe. I'm not sure, but he had a touchdown this last week instead of David Montgomery. So I drafted David Montgomery as a late-ish pick, and he's been okay, but I have hated the fact that I have to put him into my lineup because all the running backs that I've got sprinkled in that league are just doing okay. So I just have kept him in there as a, Try not to think about it too hard because when you try and play the matchup sometimes, it doesn't work out to your advantage. So if you have David Montgomery, it's hard to take him out of your lineup, but I don't like it. You got any uh, David Montgomery truths to uh, (laughs) lean us one way or the other? I know. I, um, I love when you mention somebody like in 2014, they have no Sheriff. I said, I have no Adam Thielen. <laughs> yeah. I have no Montgomery. I have no Sanders. Mm. I don't know. You, you know, some players don't necessarily have to rub you the wrong way or have affected you sure. in previous seasons. It's just, you have your preferences. I think a couple of weeks ago on the fantasy food podcast, you guys should check it out. You asked me what I thought of Mo Ali Cox. And my answer was, I, I drew a blank. I'm like, I haven't seen him <laughs> nah, yet. I don't know. Since <laughs> then I've seen him. I like him a lot more. He hasn't yeah. did much, but I've seen him play. So I've seen Thielen. Uh, I've seen Montgomery. I've seen Sanders, but it's always have been somebody on that draft board. I value more. I yeah. don't know what it is. Yeah, that's just the way it goes sometimes. All right. Well, uh, it has been long enough. Uh, we're going to have to say goodbye to the show. I'm not going anywhere quite yet. We'll still stick around a little bit on Twitch. Uh, but we are going to, uh, we are going to, uh, take it away. I thank you so much again, network for coming in and filling in for Tom. Uh, I know in the off season, we're going to do more as soon as I get to my other schedule. I swear they keep telling me soon and it keeps feeling like it's going to be forever, but we're going to get back to that schedule and we're going to get something going. We're going to have uh way I keep clicking the wrong button of course because i'm not on the right bank i was like oh what's that i don't do that no all right here we go the music is what's supposed to be taking me out that's why i was getting confused because the music wasn't playing now the music is playing so all right thank you all for listening in podcast land i appreciate it thank you all for watching us on twitch check out 
the network one the with two threes in the name if you don't know it'll be a link in the podcast notes so please check him out. Uh, he was playing Warhammer before he came over here. Uh, he's been playing Watch Dogs Legion. I've been watching him because I'm living vicariously through him because I want to buy the game, but I don't want to buy the game. So I'm watching him play it uh, for my kicks. But all right, that is going to do it for us. Again, thank you so much for being here, and we will see you very, very soon.